the point after show. He's going savage. Run for your life. And that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave him the freaking game. In my opinion, that sucked. Uh, playoffs? What talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. The Point After Show. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double chance does what the f*** he wants. The Point After Show. Spikes in hell. Spikes in pee-wee hell. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Point After Show. It's been a little hiatus. We haven't talked to you guys in about two years. And I think the last time that we were all together, we were talking the 2018 March Madness tournament. But we're back, and uh, hopefully we'll be better than ever. We all know that Tommy's looking better than ever over there. Look at that that lighting and, and makeup he got done for this. Uh, yeah, what happened, Cav, was when you guys weren't paying attention, I, I uh, dwindled and uh, snagged all the funds from the Point After Show that were laying around in the – uh paypal accounts and i bought myself some lighting a little green screen behind me i have a makeup artist at the house so thank you guys yeah all, say, all those like tens you, of dollars that yeah. were in the account it looks like you bought yourself a powder girl nice little not even a not even a sweat mark on them no there's not an ounce of glare all right so uh topic one guys we just had our fantasy football draft a couple weeks ago and uh i personally had a blast and uh i'm really happy with my team I think uh, you be the only one that says that about looking at your team is that it's a good team, Cav. Uh, the draft was great, as always. The Lipco's Legends draft is always something that we look forward to. It's, it's my favorite part of the season is the draft. I love that better than I actually love playing fantasy football because usually around week three, my team starts crumbling. I put everybody on the trade block, and it's just disaster from there. Yeah, I was waiting for uh, I was waiting for Panic Tommy to come out this year, as always around second round. Uh, you, you held it together. You did a good job this year. Um, now we're gonna have to just probably wait till. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're already starting to. How many more? Uh, how many more Jacksonville Jaguar running backs are you gonna pick up this offseason? Listen, I was just looking for some value there. What I wanted to do was, uh, you know, they're they're the only team right now that hasn't uh, set a clear cut running back and doesn't have it rostered at this point in time. They had Devonta Freeman there this past weekend. Couldn't come up with a deal. I tried them all out, you know, but uh, starting running backs are scarce this year. So yeah, I'm trying them all out. I got yeah. three on my team. Uh, that's that's using the word three of them loosely though. Maybe four, depending on what happens in Buffalo. You well, you have, have what? The, you have the Carbondale area Chargers running back, the Lakeland Chiefs running back. You have the backup for Valley View, and uh, I think Bloomsburg University. So that, that's your best running back is what I would say on your roster. Yeah. Well, you know, they're starters, aren't they? <laughs> Trying to find a diamond in the rough. Exactly. Eddie, I, Eddie I, I was actually looking at your, uh, your draft, and, and even though you uh, weren't able to um, grace us with your presence at draft, I think you had a solid, solid draft. I just wanted to I don't know. I have a lot of question marks. Like, I think um, Cam Newton, he's going to be a question mark in New England. Um, I think Dalvin Cook, he's injury prone. And then I have, like, friggin' David Johnson, who, who knows what is going to turn out to his season. He's getting old. And Melvin Gordon in Denver now, who knows? A lot of question marks I have on my team. 
I definitely agree with that. I I would, here's what I think though. Uh, 2020 is a question mark, right? Like, I mean, the, the, Oh yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're, we're, we're in uncharted waters when it comes to fantasy football this year, as far as, um, injury, the injury probability is going to be high. No off season, no OTAs. Um, you know what I mean? And, and we're already seeing it soft tissue injuries all over the NFL in the first like two weeks. Um, then we have to worry about COVID. Um, I know, you know, I don't know if you guys have read this stuff, but you know, we're NFL has been doing a pretty solid job at, uh, with the whole COVID and, and, you know, all the testing they've been doing and there's been a very, very minimal amount of players that actually tested positive for it. Um, but it was interesting that I was reading an article today that um, this week will actually be the first time in a month and a half that the players get to actually leave the hotel and go home to their families and friends and all that stuff. So now is where I think the, um, the, the spike in COVID could potentially happen where these guys kind of get a little bit of run amok. Yeah, that, that's uh, one thing I would definitely say is who made that boneheaded decision, right? Is, is, hey, you guys done a great job. And then when the season's finally about to start to happen, revenues are going to be generated at this point in time, right? They don't make any money from the off season. And it's like, go ahead, go home. You know, I hope all the players are smart and safe. Um, which I'm sure they're going to be, but yeah, that's definitely a weird predicament they put themselves. You're in. sure they're going to be smart and safe, some uh, of these characters? I, I don't, I don't no think they. Yeah, I don't think they really have much of a choice. It's not like the NBA or hockey where they can put them in a bubble. I think that they, I mean, they got to let them go back home, right? Like they're not putting them in a hotel and all year long they do. They are going to travel, so. So that's the thing. They're traveling. There's there's no bubble big enough for the NFL, right? Like no. that's not even an option. But I also, I mean, the, the NBA bubble barely worked. You know, we heard stories of, of people sneaking people in and, and you know, the, the what was it, the, the strip club chicken wings at 3 a.m. and all those different things that were going on in the NBA. You know, how, how do you have faith in, I mean, that's just, you're having faith in, in humanity at that point. And everybody's different. Everybody's going to do their own thing. And I think the travel aspect is the biggest one. You know, these guys don't, they don't all live. Like, if you live in Kansas City, you know, the chance of you actually living there are pretty slim. If you're a rich professional athlete, you probably live somewhere else. So just going home to see their families, they're going to be traveling all over the country. You know, a lot of these guys live in LA and, and Florida and, and places like that or wherever, you know, they, they originated from. Yeah. So a couple things. One is uh, piggybacking off your NBA story is you also had that girl that had uh, seven Utah jazz players, right? That, that was, that was from uh, 2018, supposedly. Uh, Pre-COVID. Okay, perfect. But um, no, so I think they could kind of create a bubble, right? Is, is the home team be responsible for, you know, hotel room or whatever, right? That's hotel that's specifically for just NFL players and their families and, you know, have them in each city that there's an NFL team. So the away team that's traveling to that city can be put up in that hotel, right? It's, it's going to be an expense for the NFL, but it's something obviously they should invest in because look at look at how much money's out there right you have all the tv rights you have fantasy football which is obviously what we're here to talk about tonight and it, it's it's for the country let's do it let's get back to some football Kev. i think i saw the uh there was a proposal for a bubble and it was basically going to be two bubbles um they were going to use cincinnati and i forget some other city and it was basically like the rates had to be below wherever and then there had to be three football fields available in that city and they were going to basically play like slotted games like one after another in the different stadiums and try to like basically split the AFC and the NFC um for the bubble thing it just didn't logistically like they couldn't make it work for the long term but uh, it was an interesting proposal to see 
I know this is a fantasy football uh, show, but I'm curious to see what betting lines are going to look like. Like normally the home team would get an advantage because of the fans and, you know, everything in the stadium being loud and it's going to be weird and different this year. I think like just watching the NBA playoffs, seeing like, and even baseball games are like cardboard cutouts and they still have the announcer going for whatever reason. And like, they're playing like the charge when there's no one in the fucking stands, which I don't understand, but um, it's going to be weird with like, just no one, no cheering going on. No, no anything. I don't know. Jerry Jones said he's filling the stadium every week, right? He, said he, yeah. didn't, he, didn't, he didn't build Jerry World to be empty. That's, that's Is that like Wally World? Yeah. So, um, Don, I guess to kind of try to drive it back into the fantasy football world, right? Um, we talked about our draft a little bit. We touched on it. Um, so I think a few of us, all of us, right, we've, we've all drafted a, a minimum one time, but a couple times each of us have been in drafts, right? So um, any takeaways going around the horn, any takeaways from uh, drafting this year? I mean, mostly everybody's drafts are going to be probably ending either this weekend or, um, you know, later on this week before Thursday night game. But any, like, takeaways, anything that you guys were like, wow, this is a, 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 just a weird situation with drafting this year? Yeah, I'll, I'll start is – I'll say the one of the weirdest things um, to encounter, right, was was a kind of an empty draft room. We're used to having our entire crew there, and then also, uh, you know, some friends and family hanging around. But obviously, that didn't happen this year. One thing that I would say sucked, and is a takeaway from it, is the text I sent out earlier today with uh, ESPN's busts. Right here, I am all proud and mighty with my team, and as Paul always says, I draft the old heads. Um, unfortunately, I, I drew. Um, a late pick in the draft and with our franchises uh, running backs were scarce. So I had to go uh, wide receiver Devonte Adams at that point. So later in the draft, when it was running back time, I got Todd Gurley and Lev Bell. And here are ESPN's two biggest busts this year are Todd Gurley and Lev Bell. So yeah, that's my biggest takeaway is I hope ESPN and their professionals are completely wrong. Um, and I was right. I would, uh, I'll, I'll piggyback off of your, um, you know, what you just said with the running backs, that was kind of what I was going to say was um, obviously fantasy football is typically, you know, running back heavy early on in the drafts. But I think this year was super surprising and a lot of like the first two rounds are just running back filled. By the time you get to that third round, as you mentioned, the running back just drops off crazy from, you know, Lev Bell, James Conner kind of thing. Um, our draft, I, I actually looked this, I actually went back because I have nothing better to do with my life right now in COVID. But we actually, in our league, um, now we have, what do we have, 17 roster spots, 12 players. Um, we, were, we drafted 71 running backs in our entire, in our draft. 71 versus 74 wide receivers. And we played three wide receivers in our league versus two running backs in our league. So uh, a ton of backup running backs were drafted this year and, and, and handcuffed to handcuffs. Um, I think with the scare of, um, of everything we talked about early on. Yeah. And I, and I mean, the other thing is half of them are on Maz's team. That's, that's a fair statement. That is true. He is the backup master. He is the guy that we're going to go to um, when anybody goes down, we're going to have to go to his team. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about Maz's team. Cav, you're on mute. Um, but what I want to say is that is that uh, I'm not worried about Maz's team. You look, he drafted all backup running backs. Right? Is two of them didn't even make rosters when they did their 53 man cuts this past weekend. So 
you know, he's walking around sending uh, everything out on the group text saying, text me if you need a running back. Yeah, I again, if I needed a running back, I would text Cavi at that point because the Bloomsburg uh, running back might have a chance of actually starting the NFL at some point. But, hey, that's Mazza, right? Yeah, it was funny. You see Mazza's draft, like, up, 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 and then it was two sips of the next oh. beer, and then it was like a roller coaster ride straight down the shitter. Typical yeah. Mazza draft. So, uh, speaking of our draft, though, so we came up with, like, the top five moments from our draft, right? So, number one, and I think, Ed, we'll throw it to you first, is, uh, you know, for the first time ever, we we had remote, like, a, a significant amount of people remote drafting. Like, sometimes there's one person or whatever. What was that like, uh, you know, kind of not knowing what was going on there and, and you know, the, the remoteness of it is compared to knowing that, like, a bunch of other people were in a room? Oh, it, it sucked. It was like the worst ever because normally I look forward to that day of seeing everybody because, I mean, a lot of us live in the same area, but then you get like Lawyer Pete and um, usually a Bob couple Bob. buddies, Santana and, you know, Sox, Mazza, Socks. Yeah, we we get a couple of buddies and it's like the one time a year that you, you know you're going to see some people. And just this year with uh, me and my wife, Jess, having a baby, um, you know, it was too less than two months before the draft date. So we were just erring on the side of caution and she didn't have her, uh, you know, any kind of immune shots yet or anything like that. So I was, I was playing it safe on, uh, on behalf of her. From so, a, from a strategy, strategy standpoint though. Uh, from you know, a strategy did, standpoint, did you find it different than being there, you know, not wheeling. Yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't have anybody like chirping in my ear. It was right. nice. Like, I mean, I was still buzzing because you know, I had to, right. Right? Yeah. but, um, I don't think I would, I don't think I would have been, uh, I don't think I would have been as sober because I probably would have Ubered there and had a couple of shots, which I didn't do here. But, um, I think the biggest thing was no one's yelling out stupid nonsense names or there was no distractions that, that I normally would have. So I think it was a positive, but at the same time, you know, the downside is that I didn't get to see my buddies. So. Yeah, and I will say we we did have a um, we did have a uh, Happy Gilmore type esque uh, heckler at our draft this year. Oh, that's coming up. That's number five on the list. Yeah. So I, so so Eddie, you you did you did uh, you did the right thing. You I dodged a bullet there. I heard. Dodged a yeah bu bullet. Oh, number or two. a bullet. Maybe yeah, ball. a forty-five Magnum bullet. <laughs> <I heard. laughs> so coming up at number two, uh, Mazza's running back parade. We touched on it a couple minutes ago, but. Uh, Mazza just went straight running backs. Like I don't even know if I don't even know if he loses one wide receiver if he has anybody to put in. So here, this is what I'll say about that, right? This kind of touches on number five again, right? I think everything goes back to number five. Is is Mazza was having a solid draft again until, like I said, he had that one sip of beer that set him over the edge, and then, like you said, the heckler kind of set him off the edge where Mazza just stormed out of the draft room through the backwoods, came around, went upstairs. You ha didn't even see him for 20 minutes. So, you know, Mazza then went down to uh, just taking every single backup running back the NFL had to offer. So, yeah, so I, just, to I, put it in, just to put it into perspective, um, Mazza drafted nine running backs out of 17 rounds. And out of the last seven rounds, he drafted five running backs in the last seven rounds. Um, so nine out of 17 picks were running backs over 50%. It's a bold strategy. It is a bold strategy. 
I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know uh, what his game plan is going forward, right? Like I said, is a couple people didn't even make uh, 53-man rosters, so he got to drop them and actually pick up defense and running or uh, defense and kicker at that point in time. But listen, they're backup running backs, right? It, this was the Dan Burke strategy of 2012, where he drafted like seven tight ends, thought people were going to have to make trades, and it backfired. And I think he finished like 0-12 that year. Didn't even uh, come close to sniffing a win. And he had the least amount of points in our league, right? That's going to be a Mazza again this year, I think. And Mazza's high on his team. Might be down this weekend for football. But uh, I, I hope that happens. But, yeah, Mazza's running back situation is dismal at best. And then uh, so we're moving on to number three. And uh, a new a new draft weekend tradition, I think. And, Ed, we're, we're hopeful to have, have you with us next year. Hopefully everything's, you know, all of us can do it and everything's back to normal. Uh, rafting was awesome. We went rafting the day before the draft and uh, had a blast. Yeah, I say shout out to Ann and her friends on that one. Um, you know, they did this You know, with the COVID. Everybody had to find outdoor activities. It was actually super rough to do this activity because you couldn't find any rafts anywhere. Uh, I went online, went to Dick's, went to, you know, every single store that you might think would sell a raft. I actually had some nice guy at uh, uh, Bass Pro Shop He's like, I have tractor trailer tubes at my house. You could come pick them up if you can't find anything. He gave me his number, which is super cool. Um, awesome. You know, thankfully, I didn't need that. I just sent him a, hey, found him. Thanks, man. But, uh, yeah, the rafting was awesome. And, yeah, getting back to socks, this is a funny story. I, on the other hand, um, did find a raft. However, it looked like it was made of paper, and it was a donut <laughs> with sprinkles on it. Um, so luckily, Tommy had an extra one for me to use because I would have made it about – 30 yards before that thing popped <laughs> would have been a disaster. My day would have been over and uh, ruined and, and I wouldn't be having such fond memories of Where'd our, you guys our go time. down the Susky? Uh, uh, yellow breaches. Yellow breaches. Uh, out by Messiah college. Good time. Okay. Great. Just nice. Oh, and slow. Awesome. Um, so the, the, the funny part of this story, Ed, is that uh, socks left work a little early that day, told us he'd be at the house around four or five. We said we'd be done rafting around four or five. Well, funny part of the story is we ended up finding a, like a cool spot to hang where obviously with uh, four or five of us that go to Gamblers Anonymous meetings decided we're going to start throwing rocks at trees for $50 a pop. Um, we thought we were maybe like a half mile away from the end point where we get to our cars, but realistically, we're about two more miles <laughs> up, up two river. Hours. Come on, two hours. <laughs> <laughs> we were so told we were, were getting text messages from socks saying hey where are you guys and then it, oh no you know, i was kinda... uh, yeah I, he was sending that to the lipco's legends text thread he's like oh you guys pulled a practical joke on me like uh, let me in the house my xbox is in the car, it's gonna melt yeah he thought his xbox <laughs> yeah. is gonna melt in the car because it's because it's a whopping 88 degrees in harrisburg oh yeah that's so uh, what, did, what did he do just sit outside the entire time yeah 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 you don't want to know what he did he had to no, sit outside, no. but what he did is it was, we're going to set up. It was 88 degrees, but it somehow his uh, car windows were still steamed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, uh, yeah the, the rock throwing was great, though. Um, I didn't throw a single rock, and I still, uh, I still left the situation up 80 bucks. You did? Uh -oh. Were you betting on other people yeah, throwing bad. rocks? Yeah, I was betting Tommy and Paul <laughs> that couldn't hit stuff with the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, in, our, in our defense, though, Ed, is we were trying to – like regulation size we were trying to lay down and throw rocks and then sit down and throw rocks it was just... well that and we we're that and we were probably about 10 beers deep um didn't make it better 
I probably couldn't yeah. hit the side of a, I probably couldn't hit a car if it was parked next to me. <laughs> Almost hit oh, a car on the right. It was great though because I originally made the beat the bet for Pete, and when they threw it, they both hit it, and Pete lost the money. And then I did the double or nothing and ended up winning it. It was great. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it. But uh, right. so, speaking of Pete, moving on to number four, Lawyer Pete's <laughs> epic meltdown. Yeah, that that was a Rivera special in the back of the in the draft room. He oh, lost. He lost listen, ear. he lost it. He lost the draft sheet. He couldn't find it. His positional draft sheet. He lost it. He just forgot the tight ends existed. He, he forgot tight ends were in our league. Go. So the paint the picture for everybody. We're going into round four here, right? Round three. Round three. We're round three. Yep. And uh, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are still on the board, along with a, a lot of other good players at this point. It's only round three. And our buddy lawyer Pete uh, is working off of uh, hard paper sheets, uh, you know, top, top, uh, probably top 50 of each position. And uh, he just lost his tight end one, forgot the tight ends existed, and uh, just went with Deshaun Watson as the uh, second pick in the third round. <laughs> and everybody let him do it. And then, uh, then, then Rivera. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? Rivera walked over and he was like, "Hey, Pete, you 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 lost this sheet here," and he gave him a gave him the tight end sheet, and it all went downhill for him from there. Yeah, and then that that's when yeah that's when the meltdown happened. He lost it. The wheels fell off for Pete. Yeah, Pete was back there puffing down Parliament lights, Ed, like a champ at that point. Um, like he texted me on the ride over. He's like, "Hey, can you pick me up a pack of smokes?" Literally just puffing him. He was lighting one off the other one. That's how bad it got at that point. Until around like six. That's when he pulled it back around and got the, there. You know, <laughs> right at the ship. <laughs> I've been there. And then by far the uh the the top, you know, number five, best moment of the draft or best moments of the draft. I guess this is all one big situation. Um is the heckler that then turned into to a, a Paul, Paul and Mikey and and everybody involved situation. Um, so I, I don't I don't exactly know the the where this kid comes from. Uh, he's your neighbor, Tommy. Uh, he's or he's a not a neighbor. He's he's a friend. Friend. Okay. So we've all like many of us there had uh, you know at least uh, met him before via Zoom. You know as we gambled through quarantine on Zoom. And, yeah. Quiplash. Uh, yeah. Quiplash. And um, so. So uh, we'll just call him Tom's neighbor. Um, rolls into the draft. Now he's not in our league. He's not drafting, and just makes the entrance of a lifetime. Walks right to the front of the room, sits in front of the draft board, and just takes it upon himself that he is now going to put the names on the board. Now Ed, he takes this, he takes this job away from Mikey. So you can imagine how that's the best part, though, Eddie. The best part is like Mikey was pissed because we were like. Right. Hey, Mike, we let you in the league a couple years ago. Uh, normally, new guy has to do it. You saw lawyer Pete did it last year. So, you know, here's your turn. You have to do it. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. And was crying about it. And, you know, as soon as he got up there, he's walking. He's all proud and pumped on the sticker, man. He's like the sticker Nazi up there, you know. No yeah. stickers for you. He's yelling at us. And then all of a sudden, like Cavi said, is, is here comes uh, new guy. New guy comes in takes over the job and that's when takes the reins. Our, niece, our niece was angry and then it just went downhill from there so it immediately starts going downhill we're talking like he he starts playing music 
just just playing loud. He's uh, critiquing every pick, <laughs> every pick that anybody makes. But he's also throwing out like, "Oh, why didn't you pick this guy?" Which then's helping people like Pete who can't keep their list straight. Um, critiques <laughs> critiques Maz at the point where Maz slams his book closed and, and storms out of the out of the draft for a little while. Does some oh, laps boy. and cools off. Uh, draft ends. And anybody can jump in at any point here because uh, I don't like the yeah. truth. Oh. I don't like the truth to ever get in the way of a good story. So like I'm gonna. Just, no. Yeah, I'm gonna no. So it. then we're, we're outside playing cornhole, right? And it's it's me and Mike on a team, our niece, and we're, we win the tournament. We play another tournament. We win it again, and and new guys doing bush league stuff, right? He's like yelling at people's backswings and their throws and everything like that. Total bush league stuff. Everybody's getting angry about it now. You know, like Paul said earlier, we're five, six, seven, eight, ten beers deep at this point, having a good time, enjoying draft day. Start playing this game, putterball. And we're playing putterball, and it's me and our niece again, and Paul and new guy are playing on the same squad. And uh, our niece and I are knocking their butts in again. And all of a sudden, you know, new guy says, I'm going to salt you with this putter. And that just set Mikey off. Mikey's like, what? What? And he's like, you're going to salt me? That's it. Throws a beer off Paul's house. <laughs> what he was doing there. Next thing I know, that that like set FF advantage off. He goes storming after Mikey, I swear. I saw the look of death in Paul's eyes. He was gonna literally throw Mikey through the roof. Luckily, I grab for Mikey's sake, I grab, I grab Paul. Paul's like throws paper towels at him. That was his move. It was like hurricane coming through Puerto Rico and Trump's there, throwing paper towels at people. And Mikey goes inside, he starts crying. Next thing you know. FF Advantage goes running outside after new guy, throws him across the yard. Thankfully, uh, CrossFit Santana's in the house. He's he's lifting weights, he carrying, you know, he doesn't even buy the 12-ounce drinks anymore. He gets the pounders because he can't, the 12-ounces are too light for him. I never saw somebody put on a mask as fast as Santana put on a mask to get, to get between, a, between two of you. But I think the most underrated part of that is <laughs> Mazza did too. Mazza got in the middle of it too. And just got like removed, like by one hand by Paul, and Matt. All Mazza kept saying, "Just go home, everybody, go home, everybody, go home." <laughs> it was great, but that's, I never heard good. just pure like, like Paul or Paul pushed that kid, just pure meat on meat. Just it was great. It was perfect time for Paul to freeze up there too. Yeah, yeah, I did freeze. <laughs> that big old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I love uh, it. I I had no idea what was going on. Me and Pete were just sitting back in the chair at and I, like uh-huh. just all of it. Thought it was all just like a big joke, like everything was going on. Um that's when I left too at that point. Well that's when that's when kind of things like went downhill, right? Is is uh Well that was, guy, that's kind of a downer to everything, you know. New guy called up the, the fiance to come pick him up. He was gonna stay over, he bounced early. Uh our niece went back into his room and started crying, came out and said, what do I do? I told him he needs to apologize to everybody. He's like, I'm not apologizing. You know how, uh, you know, he can be. And uh, yeah, it was just a disaster from there. Disaster. So the, this, the, the new guy, as, as we'll put it, when I was leaving, so I would just like set up my, my goodbyes and gathered up my stuff. And um, I didn't realize he, he, I think he had been boozing pretty good all day. He said he was pre-gaming before he even came over to the draft. Yeah, he had to be like, like, like I just I realized that this moment. He said he had chores at the house to do and started doing them before he went to the draft. Yeah, 
So he was just housed. I walk out in the front yard and he's just like in the front yard, like rolling around trying to like get his shoes on. Cause it's like fiance was coming to pick him up. And I was just like, Hey man, I'll see you later. He's like, yeah, I gotta go home. I think And he's like trying to put his shoes on. I was like, all right, well, well that, that, that explains like where this started all going downhill progressively more. So I'm sure he'll be invited back next year. DJ Qualls. I honestly, I, I think if he was to come back, Rivera definitely want to come. Yeah, no. Rivera, Rivera was actually, uh, this is when I realized, and this is what I said to the new guy after. Um, I had drinks with him last night and dinner. Um, I said, listen, man. He's like, I wasn't out of line. I'm like, no, you came in ball busting. That, you were trying to fit in. That's what we all do. We ball bust there, right? That's, that's what draft is. Make fun of everybody about everything. Nothing's off limits at that point. Yeah, I apologize that I got kicked off on that uh, great story about myself. I'm, I'm obviously not some of my finer moment. But I, I, I want to actually give an honorable mention to one of the funniest things that I thought happened at the draft. And there's a quick backstory to the listeners on this one. So we have this rule, we'll, we'll call it the socks rule, right? Where, um, you know, you always have that, you always have that guy or some of guys that just always pick a guy that's already been drafted. Every league has it. Um, but socks is the guy in our league that the neat rule is named after because he does it every year, multiple times. He's the guy that, you know, two years ago to try to take Odell Beckham in the ninth round kind of guy. Um, so this year, caveat, you could probably tell the story better than me, but how, uh, how great was it when um, we were on intermission, we were on a break, and uh, he walked over to you. And I, I wanted to say it was probably around the 14th round, caveat. I think that was our last break. And uh, he came over to you and all sly and all slick kind of gives you a little whisper in your ear. He's like, you're not going to be uh, drafting a quarterback, all right? Because you two were like right next to each other back to back. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you go ahead and tell the story because it was hysterical. Um, what, who was the player? I can't remember who the player Cam was. Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah. So, so he comes over to me and, uh, yeah, we're on break and he, he has the, or I have the pick and then, then it was, then it was him. We were back to back. So he like comes over and he whispers to me, right? He goes, uh, he goes, you're not going to pick a quarterback next, are you? And I was like, no, I, you know, I already have a quarterback. Like, I'm good. Don't worry about it. And, uh, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go with, uh, quarterback out of Auburn Cam Newton and I was like all right I was like cool man and he like walks away from me but then he goes to like three other people and he's like I'm gonna pick Cam Newton I'm gonna show you guys I'm gonna pick Cam Newton this is gonna be great now Cam Newton's been gone for three rounds at this point at three rounds <laughs> and it's funny because he he was so sure of himself and he was so proud to go tell everybody because they couldn't do nothing about it because he was the next on the clock after you he was so he knew you weren't gonna take him for obvious reasons Mm-hmm. And uh, and then of course when he makes the announcement and he's like, well the shit part is real quick the shit part is is we're on break right like you could yeah. walk up and look at the draft board study yeah, right. it make sure he right. wasn't picked right like yeah. this is your opportunity to not pull a socks rule yeah. when you're socks that's why and he and, does it himself and the, <laughs> and the best part was about somewhere around somewhere around round seven he he looks at me and he goes hey is there any chance that uh, you know we can rename this rule because I you know I, I don't really do it as much anymore. <laughs> And he did it again. Yeah. But even, even the, even his announcement of it, like I'm going to pick the quarterback that's replacing the greatest of all time quarterback in like, he went on for about a solid 30 seconds describing Cam Newton before he actually said the name. And we're all just sitting there like, like giddy little girls waiting for him to say Cam Newton. And yeah. We're like, Oh, you're an idiot. Cause by this point, obviously I had gone to everybody, everybody else in the league and been like, 
Greenville's going to take Cam Newton, and he's so proud of himself. So that everybody was just ready to to scream when he when he drafted him. So Ed, for anybody that hasn't drafted yet, or if they have drafted and they're not happy with their fantasy football name, you had some suggestions for them, right? Yeah, they're not that good though. No. So so the way we came up with this little portion of this was Eddie came. You know, everybody comes up with funny names or tries to come up with funny names. Eddie's, I would say, is the best play on words in our league. He, he's always been. Uh, ever since he won it, he had Drew Brees, and he said, I farted, smell the breeze. He's always come up with classics. So this year he came up with one, and, uh, you know, we asked him, Ed, come up with, like, a top five because this one you did uh, this year just kills it. So roll it back five, five to one. Five to one? Yeah. All right, I'll go, um, I don't know, Dobbins for apples. That one's stupid. <laughs> You're a dad now. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that, 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 that's that one's bad, five. Man. That one's five. That was, that's that's old, um, or uh, bad. But um, I don't know. I like uh, Ragers can't be choosers. I like it. No. I like that one. Yeah, I dig it. I like it. <clears throat> um, and then yeah. probably my brief besides mine, Munch and Rugs, after the wide receiver for the uh, Raiders. I think my favorite that I came up with was Bearded Sea Lamb for CD Lamb. Oh, I, but I like if you like, bearded, look at it, bearded clam. Yeah. I like that one. Again, my favorite is, is the one you came up with in our, our league. Like uh, going back to Rivera, he came back to, uh, you know, the text thread right away and said, oh, that's the best. Munchin' Rugs is phenomenal, Ed. Obviously, you took uh, Rugs, uh, wide receiver for the Raiders. Uh, I thought that was a great play for sure. I did like Burrow. Yeah, I think he's going to be their number one. I might be starting him after week one. I don't know, depending on uh, – like, I, I don't know. I have Brandon Cooks, who is a question mark in uh, Houston, and um, Deontay Johnson, who I think is going to be the new Juju Smith-Schuster from like two years ago with Big Ben. But, um, you know, Ruggs is definitely uh, my wide receiver three slash four on my team. I did, uh, I did like the uh, Tommy's uh, – Burrowed in her in your girly. Yeah, that was a good one, Tom. I have to, I'll give you credit for that. That was good. Well, Ed, I'm gonna be honest. I sat there and thought for like a long while after I saw yours. You know me, right? Like, I'm always this type of guy. I, I see Eddie come out with up with rugs, and uh, again, I never one up anybody. I always try. I always fail. But um, yeah, I have uh, Joe Burrow and Todd Gurley on my team. So that you know, I was I was just looking at names and names and. Burrowed in, her gir- in your girly was the best I could do. I don't know. That's it was, a, it's it a good one because it's, it's two, uh, two names that, you know, it's punny. Two names, one cup. Yeah. It, that's, that was the name I had when I sue girls. One cup was the, my championship year. Yeah. No, that was a, yeah, that's a, that's a three-word pun or three-player pun. So, um, so let's talk about our draft a little bit, right? Yeah. Like we – the actual drafting part is we, we talked about, you know, the draft. Not everybody that's going to listen to this was there. So uh, everybody that listens to this is going to actually have some put input and, and take home on uh, the, what we did in our draft. So, Kev, let's, let's do a little bit of that. Yeah, well, let, let's, go, uh, let's go over our, our drafts then real quick. Tom, we'll start with you. Kind of break down your team and All right. value yes. picks you think you got. 
So I don't think I got any value picks. Uh, it was I got Russell Wilson as my franchise keeper in the ninth round. After that, it was kind of tough, right? With our franchises and how our league works, it was pretty tough. But, you know, um, we're half-point PPR. I was able to get Devontae Adams in the first round. Um, I had actually pick number six to start, but I traded back to nine because I knew Paul wanted Clyde's Edward Hilaire, yep. and I knew Arnice did. I had pick five, and I knew Arnice um, wanted Clyde Edwards. So I was able to, uh, as Paul calls it, take advantage of the, you know, not-so-smart kids in our league and trade back, you know, three picks in our first round to uh, get an extra third round and move up in the sixth round. So it worked out for me. Went Devontae Adams. I, I like him. Um, obviously... My running backs, like I said earlier, are kind of tough. Todd Gurley, I, I had the late second round pick. Uh, went Todd Gurley. Third round was able to, again, this is thank you, Lawyer Pete, was able to get um, Travis Kelsey in the third because he went to Sean Watson before Paul and I. Um, and Paul and George Kittle. So I was happy. If George Kittle was there, I may have passed him up for a different running back. Um, but, you know, Kelsey, you have to take, right? You know that offense is high-powered, scores the most points in the NFL, I think, uh, the last two years. Uh, won Super Bowl last year. They're going to do the same thing this year. So I had to go Kelsey. Ended up with Lev Bell. But one of my favorite picks this year, um, goes underrated, and not a lot of people are, are talking about this guy, DK Metcalf, right? Like, last year as a rookie, he had almost 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns, I think. This year, I think, obviously, he's such a big body. And uh, Russ Wilson and that offense is going to keep things moving this year. Obviously, with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, they signed uh, Greg Olson. They also have um, Hollister there as, as tight end. And then, um, also, they just recently signed Josh Gordon. So, I think they're going to looking for the passing attack this year, Russ Wilson. DK Metcalf had the most red zone targets of, I think, any wide receiver last year. I see that trend continuing just because just he's a big body. Um, other than that, I'm kind of worried about it. I have, obviously, here's my starting roster is Russ Wilson, Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf. I got T.Y. Hilton, I think, in the sixth or seventh round. Todd Gurley, Lev Bell, Travis Kelsey. I currently have uh, um, Cohen starting, running back for the Bears with half-point PPR. I think he's going to be good with Montgomery out. He's going to continue getting his catches. Um, Marlon Mack, John, um, John Brown. I think um, Joe Burrow, I got him round 15. One guy I like real late, especially because we have the franchise, um, Anthony McFarlane, running back for the Steelers. He was stud at Maryland. I think he might actually, if James Conner slips up or gets injured again, I think he might be the starting running back uh, in Pittsburgh at some point this year, whether it's for a couple games or for the remainder of the season. But um, I really like this guy. He has the burst of speed. He's, he's a pretty decent size and hits the whole hard. So. That's my squad. I love it. I'm going to get it. Championship. How about you, Paul? Um, hold on. How about you, Paul? I got to be honest. I got I got <clears throat> I got to wipe that bead of sweat off my head from listening to Tommy bark about how good that team is. The squad's beat. Um, got to be honest. I, I'm, the more I look at it, the more I realize that team is terrible. Um, but anyway, I'll, I'll switch over to my team, which is an actually a good team, which is a really good team. Um, so I started off in the uh, four spot, uh, but I, I had Dalvin Cook last year. I didn't want to keep him this year. I knew if I kept that four spot, I had to go Dalvin Cook. Um, again, for listeners, we have a lot of keepers in our league and stuff that you're probably not aware of. But nonetheless, Dalvin Cook would have been the next on the board for me there at four. So I ended up moving back to six, and uh, I decided to go with Kenyon Drake um, with my first overall pick. I've been high on Drake and Mixon all offseason. Uh, I love them both. Uh, love, love them both. Keyword. Hi, is the keyword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a big big time Kenyon Drake uh truther this year. I think he's gonna have a huge year. Uh last year I, last year my, my prediction was Dalvin Cook was gonna have a huge year. He did. This year Kenyon Drake was gonna have a good year. a uh, great year, I think. Um so Kenny Drake was my first overall was my first pick off the board. Um I uh, went DJ Moore, which I think is uh in the back end of the second, which I think is a, he's a solid wide receiver one from Cabby's uh, Carolina Panthers. Last year went severely under the radar of top receivers. Um and then we already talked about it. I took George Kittle in the third with the with the bargain pick there. Um, went, had to try to go back to a running back, but um, in our league, there was 27 running backs already gone off the board by the time the fourth round came around. So uh, I settled on David Montgomery, hoping for volume. Obviously, uh, it's not starting off good with him being down four, uh, two to four weeks. So hopefully I can get him back and get me 200-plus uh, carries and a little bit more productivity than last year for an RB2. Uh, kept going on the, on the uh, wide receiver. I love my wide receivers this year. I went DJ Shark to uh, continue the DJ trend. I got DJ Moore and DJ Shark as my second receiver. Um, round six, I went Cam Akers, who I think is going to be phenomenal for the Rams. Uh, and then I kept going on the wide receivers. They kept following me. I got Michael Gallup, who I think is quite honestly the best receiver in Dallas. Uh, humble opinion. Um, so I got him as my wide receiver three. And uh, round eight could be my steal of the draft, could be my keeper next year. Uh, obviously, 
you know, we didn't know that going into this, but uh, I got Antonio Gibson, who uh, obviously has just got a huge boost for like, Adrian Peterson being traded, I'm sorry, being released, and then uh, moving on to a different team. So I think Antonio Gibson is going to be a huge, huge uh, win for me in the eighth round. Um, what a couple running backs. Big Ben was my quarterback uh, for the season. I think I'm going to be fine with Big Ben as my quarterback. I got him in the 12th. Um, and then uh, basically I backed up, uh, I backed, I got AJ Dillon in the 14th. I think he's going to be solid in, um, you know, in relief of, uh, of Aaron Jones in Green Bay. And uh, I finished up my draft with, uh, excuse me, sorry, one second here. Um, Mike Gusecki as a backup tight end. I think Mike Gusecki is a great late round tight end. If you can get him uh, in the uh, 12th, 13th round, I think he's going to be a, a solid tight end. So overall, I'm happy with my team. I'm struggling at the uh, running back two position, but if uh, Cam Akers or Antonio Gibson um, could come through for me in a breakout year, uh, I think my squad's set. But, uh, you know, RB2s are always a challenge in, in 12-man uh, fantasy football league. So I'll move over to, uh, go ahead. Is that song, two, is, is the old song two, two DJs and a microphone? Yeah, I was. I'm looking for some kind of like Michael. I'm. I could go two DJs and a Michael Gallup. Yeah. yeah, I was just going through your list. That that's what I did the entire time you talked. I was trying to figure something out for you there. So yeah, there I just I just blacked out the entire time you. You talked. actually cavy a whole what, bunch of hot air. Cavy, what you should be doing is looking at the 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 twelve guys that are about to kick your teeth in in week one when me and you match up. Ooh wee! Kenyon Drake's not gonna play. So Kenyon Drake is asking about you got to stop reading that onion. News. And I'm also uh, projected to beat you. What are you reading? The fantasy onion projected to beat you. <laughs> Ed, how about your team? Well, me and Paul, we traded first and second round uh, picks this year. So I ended up going with Dalvin cook because Paul switched me. His fourth pick for my sixth pick. And you know, with a snake draft, um, we switched, you know, second round picks as well. So he got um, coming back. You guys get the picture. Yeah. So I went with Dalvin Cook. I already franchised um, Aaron Jones in the 12th round, I believe. Yep. So I have Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones already as my one, two. Aaron Jones, I'm a little – not as high on this year as I was last year, I don't think, just because I think he busted a nut a little bit with um, Devontae Adams being injured. You know, his three or four touchdown receptions uh, oh, were the weeks that Adams Adams was out. So, you know, maybe see a little regression there. But... And Jamal Williams too, right? He, he did a lot when uh, he got his opportunities. Yeah. But, I mean, Adams – uh, He did so much they went and got Aaron Jones. Killing. Aaron, I think Aaron Jones is still the top dog, even though they probably do a little bit of a committee there. Um, just to, you know, they've always done that in the last, you know, three or four years, it seems like. But um, third round pick, I didn't really have much to go with here. Um, Paul and Tom, you guys went in front of me, both went with the tight ends, Kittle and Kelsey. I was hoping one would fall to me. But I think A.J. Brown, who I got here, I think he's going to have a big year. Like, he, he's, he's a beast. Um, he kind of reminds me of, like, an Andre Johnson, I think. Um, I mean, you know, but bigger. Um, I think he's going to be um, a top six wide receiver this year and that's you know going off his numbers from last year going down the order or going down my my, uh, my draft board here melvin gordon big question mark coming you know first year in denver keenan allen without philip rivers as my number two wide receiver another question mark tyrod taylor as his freaking quarterback Rod, Ty, listen tyrod did all right in buffalo man he kept some he kept wide receivers relevant there <clears throat> i know i i feel like either scrambles or has an arm kind of like um like like a josh Who's ever in Buffalo now? I can't think of it. Josh Allen. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah. Um, kind of like him, kind of like a Lamar Jackson, where they're scramblers, but they also just gun it down the field every now and then. I think Keenan Allen's going to get hyper-targeted this year. That's just... I, I hope so. I, I really do. Just got paid. Yeah. He did, so I don't know. One of the best route runners in football, too, by the way. He's injury-prone, too, though. I don't know. I just have a, a bad feeling about this pick. That's, that's all. And then um, next round, I went with DeAndre Swift. I know he's a little bit banged up now. He's been missing practices. I think he came back limited this past week. But everything that I read uh, going into our draft saying Swift was probably one of the most explosive backs uh, for the rookie, you know out of all the rookies coming out i took a gamble um hopefully it pans out i hope that he's the starter there after you know the first few weeks go by and he's healthy again and carry on johnson is kind of out of the picture but i do have high hopes for swift hopefully hopefully he pans out for me and then you know went with a couple wide receivers that you know question marks with brandon cooks rugs rookie i know he's gonna be the number one in uh munchin munchin rugs going there um, yeah he's the number one in munchin rugs yeah you called it <laughs> but with the raiders Derek Carr. I, I don't know i know they have uh darren waller there too but with, um, that other rookie. 
Yeah. Rookie Edwards, too. He's on my team. And they have, like, Henry Renfro, and they have a bunch of guys. And I know Hunter. Parker. Hunter. Hunter Renfro. Also on my Hunter team. Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Um, Deontay Johnson, who um, I think is going to have a big year for me. Um, I, I really do. I, know I mentioned before, I think he's going to take up that Juju Smith role that um, Juju actually had when he was playing behind Antonio Brown a few years back. So I have high hopes for Deontay. And then, you know, going down, I have Cam Newton and Matt Stafford as my two quarterbacks. And then, you know, Jack Doyle freaking bum as my tight end because i didn't get a good good one early so eddie you, you made know. sure you uh you made sure you uh you worked over that tight end the last three rounds in a row huh yeah i already literally I went I tight end two. tight end tight end <laughs> i think i dropped two of them already i dropped jimmy graham i know yeah herndon's yeah. gonna be all right though i'd keep herndon around um, yeah i think i did keep herndon um I, I question. for ice cream at that point yeah but yeah, yeah no nailed, i I, I, I think i dropped i think i dropped uh jarek mckinnon and uh jimmy graham yeah. for my defense and kicker so. eddie i have a, i have a question for you um because i i love both your your quarterback stafford and newton um two quite two-part question one uh which guy are you probably thinking you're going to start most season and two what do you want for the other one <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's going to be matchup based. Uh, like week one, Cam Newton's um, playing Miami. I'm going to go and uh, Stafford has the Bears. Bears have a better defense than Miami, so I'm obviously going to go with Cam there. So it's going to be it's going to be matchup based every week, I think. Um, and I think I'll play Stafford more when they're playing at home. Uh, I know he's a better uh, he's a better quarterback when they're playing in in Detroit. So that's fair. Yeah. All right. Nice. So uh, on to the the best draft of of the day. Um, you just heard it. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, I franchised Alvin Kamara, and uh, I got lucky ish. And I uh, ended up with the twelfth overall pick. So I got Alvin Kamara at number twelve, which is nice in the first round. And then uh, we do a snake draft. So I had the thirteenth uh, pick too. I went with Mike Evans there because uh, I think Tom Brady is just the goat, and he's just going to sling the Mike Evans all season. So I think uh, you know his. His numbers are going to be high, and it's going to be good. And then I had to uh, I had to sit around for a long time, and came back with the 12th pick of uh, of round three. And uh, like everybody else has said, wide or I mean running backs are few and far between in our league, and they were going fast and furious. So uh, took the best available at that part. Mark Ingram, who last year was a top 10 running back um, in fantasy football, um, I had him last year. He did great. He's going to scumbag touchdowns. Um, he's not going to you know throw you a you know a hundred yard uh, game every week, but he's going to score the touchdowns. The only thing this season I'm worried about is you know he's 29. He's just turned 30. Coming off being 29, we know that running backs in that 30-year mark kind of start to fall off. Is that usually what happens after 29? Mm-hmm. Yep. 30. Are you concerned about J.K. Dobbins at all? I'm not. Not from everything I'm reading. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of Mark Ingram not. Like, I think he's still going to get the, the goal line touches. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think Dobbins is going to – but also the, uh, the Ravens ran the ball the most times in uh, the NFL last year. Um, they ran it 200 times more than the next closest team. I mean, that's a lot of Lamar Jackson, though, too. Yeah. No, that was running backs. Um, just rush attempts. Just, just, rush just, just rush attempts. So it's like it's just or, quarterbacks too. Oh, does it? Well, whatever. Yeah. They still ran the ball. Uh, yeah, in your defense, Mark Ingram is the second best running back on your team, so it was a good pick. Yeah, nowhere. So uh, then in round four, uh, Cooper Cup, wide receiver. I didn't love that pick, but it was the best available player, so that's why I went with. Um, I'm really happy with my first six rounds, though, honestly. Um, so you took then, Cooper Cup over Robert Woods. Yeah. Okay. I like. I, I'm a Robert Woods guy, but uh, you, you, you like listen. Here's the thing. I, the one thing I'll say about that is is Bobby Woods. Stats were inflated a little bit. Uh, he's a catch machine. Gets a ton of targets. Doesn't score many touchdowns at all. Look at Cooper Cup's numbers last year. He had, I think, more targets, more receptions than Robert Woods, and then had, I think, seven more touchdowns than Robert Woods last year too. So I'm Cooper just trying Cup, to put into, I'm trying to put into perspective for Eric Goss' favorite target. I'm just trying to put into perspective for our listeners. Um, Cavi said that you know, wide receivers were kind of out, but he gave up. Uh, let's see, Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin, DJ Shark, 
Keenan Allen, all those guys came after Cavi picked Cooper Cup. So, so I, I just want to put in perspective. I cannot wait to whip your ass in week one with this shit bag of a team. I just want to put into uh, perspective for our listeners that I've won this league before and Paul hasn't. So <laughs> oh, also put in perspective too the bet you have out there. I will. We'll, we'll come back to that. Round five, uh, Will Fuller, because I have to have Will Fuller on my fantasy football team. It's just kind of how it works. But I also like getting him as the last pick in round five. Um, he put on 20 pounds of muscle. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt week two. Maybe he can make it to week five this year. Um, round six, I picked Tom Brady because um, quarterbacks started going off the board. And I think he's going to put up numbers this year down there. They're building the team around him. And then uh, round seven, I went Curtis Samuel. I think that's when I my beer started hitting me. I don't know what I did. He's not even on my team anymore. That's, that's when the beer started? That's when the beer started uh, – <laughs> Working or not working, whichever way you want to put it. Yeah, I was going to um, say round six when you took Tom Brady. You took Tom Brady over Kyler Murray? Nope. I like Tom, Tom Brady over Kyler Murray. Yeah. A sure thing. Good play. I would always go to 42-year-old over a 24-year-old. When he's Tom Brady. Sure. And you stacked it. I like your stack. Him and Mike Evans. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, round eight, I went carrying on Johnson. He was just, the at the time, the, the top-ranked running back. I needed another running back. Um, Not in love with him, but I'm confident enough for him to be my flex. Tom, uh, what do you think about carrying on? I love him. He stays healthy. I think he led the league last year in uh, yards per carry. I think he was at like 5.3 yards per carry last year. What do you have, 22 carries? Led the league, got hurt, killed me. He was, he was more than that. Take it I easy stay. on the guy. Unless Barry Sanders comes back, I'll stay away from Detroit running backs. Round nine, I went with Deshaun Jackson. Um, I'm happy with that. He's looking, he's, he's the number one receiver there now. Every other receiver. Deshaun Jackson circa like 2015 stats or what are you he doing? A, he had a big week one last year. Yeah, he, he only played one week last year and it was huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. also... There's no, like, everybody's hurt. And he's the number one receiver in, in uh, Philadelphia now. So, you know, he's going to he's gonna do something. Well, uh, and the quarterback's hurt, too. So, and they're still running back. And yeah, so their whole offensive line. What the hell's going on with Philly? <laughs> so, they're just going to hope that Deshaun Jackson can run down the field really fast and catch the ball. So, that's that's what we're banking on. Uh, round 10, Zach Moss. Looking like now he's going to be the starter um, in Buffalo. So, I'm, I'm happy with that pick. Uh, I think a good value pick, round 11. I think Austin Hooper is going to be a stud as long as uh, Baker Mayfield can uh, – Get his shit together, and then uh, you know I got my next stack if I need to. If you know, forty-three-year-old Tom Brady kind of falls apart. We got Baker Mayfield coming into his third season, feeling comfortable with the offense. I think he's going to do okay um, as a backup. I'll take that. Uh, we come down to uh, Corey Davis, who I've been hot on for about five years now since we started this podcast. He's eventually going to have a good season. What's that? Plus, I'm still, you know, I'm still doubling down on picking him to be like one of the best people from the 2016 draft class or whatever. Um, picking baby number four, uh, round fourteen. I went with Carlos Hyde. I already dropped him. Um, round. Thank you. Round 15, I went with uh, Hunter Renfro. I think, you know, he has the potential, depending on what ends up going on there in uh, in um, Las Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah, that's where they are now. Uh, to, I mean, he's easier Julian Edelman type guy. He, he had a great season last year. He had six six games over 100 yards and scored a couple touchdowns. So if he becomes that that dump-off guy, then, then I'm happy with that. Uh, round 16, I took uh, a kicker, Fairbairn. And then uh, number Mr. Uh, Irrelevant. In the, you know, last pick of our draft, I took Greg Olson as my uh... – Second tight end. Um, Another homer pick for Cavi. Just a big old homer pick there. I just love Greg Olson. And I love that he just refused to play in Carolina after what they did to my boy Cam Newton. So um, that's where we're at with my draft. And I'm going to kick Paul's ass this week. Um, Like projections say, start off the season good. And then, uh, I mean, really this year, if we're talking serious, I'm just playing for 10th place. Uh, We have this uh, side bet in our league with Mikey, who – was flapping his gums and 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 based off of uh, almost got them punched off his mouth <laughs> by Paul, <laughs> but uh, by uh, you know running his mouth and 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 saying that uh, basing it off of after consolation last year where I, I came in tenth place, he um, you know said that he didn't think I could come in better than tenth place, so he bet me one hundred and fifty bucks. So I'm really just playing for uh, 
for 10th place this year and $150 and my league fees done. But then if I win the league, there's a $150 bonus on top of that. So, uh, you know, uh, take another trophy home, win an extra 300 bucks on top of the pot inside of our league and, uh, and, and make Mikey look foolish, which is just even better. He'll be, he'll yeah, that's, like, that's a no-brainer bet, Kev, on your end. Like I mean, that. how do you not take that? I mean, I have to yeah. finish in the top 80% of the league. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just can't be in the bottom 20%. You got to take <clears throat> it. Just can't come in last or second to last place. You're just playing numbers the, there. It's a numbers game. Into, in fairness, to put it into perspective, other than the year that Cav, he won it, I think he's either finished in 11th or 12th every other year. No, I haven't. I finished sixth and fifth. We've been over this. You have not finished sixth or fifth ever. Yes, I did. I got to relook that up. The last two years, I finished 10th and 12th. The years before that, I've only been in the league for four years, man. I won it. I finished fifth. I came in 10th and I came in 12th. Okay. You said sixth somewhere in there too. Sixth or fifth. Okay. I hear a niner in there. Listen, here's the thing. Here's what I'll tell you, Cavi. I think that your team is built – to do exactly what you want to do, and that's get 10th. And I think that the fact that I get to play you twice this year, I'm going to put two big L's next to your name. Uh, are we at a little side bet here? Yeah. A little, week, a little week one side I'm not, bet. I'm not, a, I'm not a dummy better like, like some people that you take advantage of. Um, but I will, I will put my money where my mouth is and say, if you want to go straight up, 100 bucks, my team versus your team, who, has the more, who, who finishes better? No, no, I'm talking about for week one. So oh, like a, oh, yeah. a podcast basically. Yeah, without a doubt, we'll definitely do some some kind of well, we gotta do it now because oh. this comes out in two days and then there's the season. All right. Well, well and then the best part is like I was already asked when I you know, obviously I tweeted out that we were doing this tonight. I was already asked on like a private chat, um, will I be shaving or waxing my armpits tonight? So people are already looking for it. How about this? How about I come up with four – Cavi and Paul, let me, let's do this. Let's, let's put it out to the, to the voter. Pepper. Loser gets to plow the winner's wife. You don't have one. Oh. <laughs> no, no. By law, he still does, Joe. <laughs> By law. By law, he still does. And uh, thank you guys for uh, tuning in and coming back to the Point After Show. We're, we, we've We're back, missed, baby. We've it's going to be pure fantasy football coming on. And a lot of nonsense. Yeah, a whole lot of nonsense, a lot of football knowledge, right? Uh, As I said uh, on our text thread was when Paul resent out the iTunes um, link, it it was awesome, right? This this what got me more motivated than ever to do this was I looked at some of the the comments. There were like 30, 40 comments. We have a five-star rating. And it was like, Funny, funny people you want to hang out with and talk fantasy football with real, real stats, real knowledge that's going to help you win your fantasy league. And that's what we are. That's what we pride ourselves on. So make sure you give us a listen to on iTunes, on YouTube, subscribe for sure. Um, this is what we're doing for fun, guys. So listen up. No cookie cutter, just a whole lot of shit talking.